this on the court now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll kick it a lot more after this. Oh, you gotta have to. Got to, man. We got to set something up. I was thinking about that when I saw the picture. I'm like, for sure. Um, we should be, we're young, but you know, we still, you know, it's easier for us to get more kids in and right. continue to be yep. successful. So we'll be all right. Yeah, keep going, bro. You too, man. Already know, you man. too. Well, the, the thing is, is that who becomes a head coach at 23 years old, man? We are rolling now, so it's crazy. Who becomes a head coach at 23 years old? That's incredible. Yeah, man. Um, I'll tell a quick, you know, little background of how I got there. Um, so I graduated from St. Peter Chanel High School, and my dad was a coach. And when I graduated, I moved over to Toledo and went to school at Toledo. And um, I'm not even going to lie to you, when I was at Toledo, I was like, dude, I'm not going to make it here if I stay here four years. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up coming back home, and my dad ended up you know, going through some complications and whatnot. And um, I ended up going to Notre Dame College, which helped out a little bit more because I was able to do some things around the house. and. And um, my dad was a freshman coach, and I kind of ended up taking over for him, probably illegally, but I took over for him as, uh, you know, the freshman coach when he kind of went down. And um, as I started coaching, I was like, man, this is really fun, dude. Like, the intensity and, the, you know, the strategy behind it all. And, you know, after I got done doing it, I was like, I got to keep doing it. And so... I started reaching out to different people and coaching AAU and being humble and, you know, just playing my role and getting in at Cleveland Central Catholic and just it kind of took off from there. I, you know, uh, the coach left after one year and, I mean, after a few years and they called me back and boom, there it was, you know. First couple of years were tough. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 it, I know it like the back of my hand now. So well, the pressure too of being a twenty-three-year-old. Some of these guys are like five years younger than you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. tough you, at the beginning. You got to kind of go in with a with a little bit of a swag that you know what you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, perception yeah. is reality. Yeah, and then kids, they don't they think you're fifty anyway when you, <laughs> <laughs> when you are you know in a position like that. So they didn't really know, and I didn't really speak too much on it. But when they did, you know, they still respected you and. The good thing about it was I was able to relate to them on the level that, you know, a lot of people can't. And then, you know, they still had that line as far as, you know, all right, that's coach. I can't cross that yeah, line. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, look. Look at Sean McVay. You know the head coach yes, from uh, yeah, from like the Los Angeles Rams? Yeah. He's 35. Or what, he was 34. Mm -hmm. yeah. Miami, Ohio graduate. Man, Went to Miami, guy, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's coaching guys that are older than him. You're right. NFL players, guys that are making 10, 15 million a year. Right. This little guy's coaching them, 34 years old, 35 <laughs> yeah. years old. So it goes to show you anything's possible. Yeah, it anything is. Anything is possible. Yeah. He's great. He's really good. He's great. Yeah. Uh, and so you've been coaching at Nordonia Neek for a year now, head coach, correct? Yes, I've been doing it for a year. Okay. Yep. So he, uh, Jordan's saying he always has to run into St. Vincent, St. Mary in the playoffs. Yeah, bro, we Who do you guys that. have to run into? <laughs> in Listen, playoffs? we're trying to get Nordonia back on the map. It's a football town right now. Yeah. 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 Big time. Yeah. I mean, well, shit, where'd you come from? Shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> So it's a great how's that school. going, man? You enjoying it? Yeah, you I'm enjoy enjoying it? it. I'm enjoying it. It's different because yeah. you know I, I'm from Twinsburg. Right. So when I we came huge rivals, rivals big rivals. Twinsburg. Sure. Ooh. So when we came back to, to to home, you know, I got it. I got it bad from the student section. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's traitor. Yeah. That was yeah. like when LeBron left to go to Miami. It was like yeah. it was, it was, it was packed too, man. It was, it was a good crowd. We got we got our ass kicked too. Really? But yeah, yeah but it's going good. It's a great it's a great place to be, man. It really is great administration. The leadership is tremendous. Um. Can't complain. You just gotta, 
just got to build it from ground up pretty much. Yep. And you know how that works. Yeah, you know, for sure. It takes sure. time, but if you got you got the right support system, the right people around you, you'll get yeah, done. For absolutely. Sure. It, it always is. It's always about team. It, it is. It always is in, in all aspects, not just the players, but yep. business, uh, your associates, who you surround yourself with. That's everything. Um, this is really uh, unprecedented for us because mm -hmm. this is really neat that we're able to bring you guys together. Um the five of us and have a candid conversation about what's going on facing yeah. our country right now, race relations in the United States as we speak. The sensitivity levels have never been higher that I could remember in my lifetime. Um, and uh, we witnessed one of the most horrific murders several weeks back, last month in the month of May. We all know it by now. There was a Minneapolis police officer who um, took the life a white police officer took the life of a black man in broad daylight and it caused complete chaos in this country. Mm -hmm. And the chaos, while it's subsided a little bit here and there, or maybe a little more subdued, it's still running rampant. Um, so I, I wanted to bring us together. We have two uh, gentlemen here that are head basketball coaches in the community that are out there um, that can provide perspective on the way you guys feel because we don't know. And uh, we've also got Adam, who's a police officer in the area, who uh, could provide perspective from what you guys deal with. Because again, we don't know, all of us don't know. Um, so I wanted to start with this question. And let's start with Jordan, let's start with you. When you witnessed what you witnessed seeing that video several weeks ago of George Floyd in the street, knee on neck, what are the feelings that go through that, that you go through when you see that? I mean, it's just, you're, you're hurt, you're a little distraught, you're frustrated, you're you're upset, you're pissed off, all of the emotions that you go through because it's, it's kind of like, here we go again, you know? Because if you look at it in the past, in the past maybe five, six years, I want to say, you can almost look back on something every year where something has happened, you know? And it may not be just on a police brutality standpoint, but it could be, you know, a racial uh, situation that might have happened in the past five, six years that, that we go back and we look at. And, um, you know, it's just kind of like, when's it going to stop? When's it going to end? You know? Do you get the feeling like that could be me? Yeah. When I, you see that? Every day. And, and it's not so much for me. I, I think of like, that could be me. It's more so, because it, 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 it very well could be, but... It's more so when I do decide to have children and I do decide to, you know, have a family, I've got to, you know, take another life lesson to my child to make sure that they understand that it could be them. And that's what hurts more so than anything because it's more so like I shouldn't have to talk to my child about they could be killed because of anything, you know, and that's what hurts more and that's what is more so frustrating. Switching over to you, Adam, and that makes total sense because even Billy and I have talked about this. I look at that guy and I go, that could be me. Yeah. I don't look at it from the color standpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it from that's a bad, evil man over there that could do that to anybody at any given time. So when I'm seeing that, I'm getting anxiety because I just think that that's a human taking another human's life. And I think to myself, that could be me. Um, but And we'll get into the depths of all the, the, the race, race stuff uh, as we go. Uh, Adam, for you, when you watch the video, how does that make you feel? Yeah, man, um, completely gut-wrenching, because um, as a person, 
you know, as a human being, that's not something you want to see. And and even as a police officer, it, it even worse so because you know you got a guy handcuffed, his knee on the back of a guy's neck for minutes, and you think to yourself, there is no way I can ever put myself in a position of that police officer because what he's doing is totally wrong. I mean, there's not even there's not even a what if state that that was wrong. You know, he, there was no threat. You know, there was no reason why four guys needed to be on top of him. Um, so I'm feeling mixed emotions just like everybody else. When I saw that, when I, when I saw it on the phone, my phone that said, you know, Minneapolis officer, you know, killed unarmed black man. That's like, that's all I saw. And I was, and I, in my head, I'm like, shit, not again, you know? I didn't even watch the video until probably about an hour after one of my coworkers was like, hey, did you see this video? I'm like, no. So I saw the video, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You, you can't even say, well, let's let's see what happened first. No, there's no what if what happened. Right. You know. So that that's that's what my uh, my pro, feeling is pro, right Give us a little background protocol for a police officer. Sure. You've got a guy down in that position. The threat's been removed because he's in handcuffs, sure. correct? Yep. So what would be a standard protocol once you've got the guy on the ground in handcuffs? So once you have a guy handcuffed, everything, it's over with. Now you pat him down for weapons, make sure that he's good, and you do what you can to get him in the back of the police car. That's it. There's no, I mean, there's no... There's no gray area to it. There's no gray area to it. You know, and, and, and with that being said, there are some people that resist even with handcuffs, but you don't choke them out you don't you know beat them over the head right you know you gotta can safely do it with three other officers that are staying there with you if you were in that position and you never know until you're put in it but sure. but with your experience yeah. being one of the other officers that was an accomplice to this homicide yeah clearly yeah um two of them were on the guy's back one of them was kind of standing guard yep. uh, in the front over there yeah. what would you do in that situation if you see an officer Doing what Chauvin was doing. Well, well, what are you supposed to do? Well, in my policy, in my department, you have to you have to intercede if a fellow officer is not doing what he's supposed to be doing. So, me, because I, I don't care how people feel about me to a certain extent. If I have to push you off of him, I will. I don't. I really don't give a rat's ass. You know? Meaning you're you're uh, the other officer. Officer, yeah. yeah. Like I'm I'm a training officer, so you know. What I do, it matters, and what I say matters, especially when people are filming you. Yeah, I got body cams, you know, too. But I mean, you got to be able to articulate why you're doing something, and if you can't, then it don't make sense. Period. How did it make you feel, Dominic? Honestly, man, you know, I didn't watch the full video until about three days after, and I saw it initially, and I just didn't want to. It was sick to my stomach, honestly. You know, and after watching that video, it was, it was, it was definitely disheartening, especially you kind of. For everyone, you know, in terms of the guys, people involved, the officers who, who who actually do their job the correct way, mm -hmm. and then obviously, you know, I think about the black community and even our youth, man. I think that you, know, you got when you got athletes t texting you, you know, mm. what are we supposed to do about this? You know, mm. why does this keep happening? And then you got to give them a certain insight. And I think a lot of it can can, can be based off of, you know, we got to do a better job as educators of teaching our young kids. Racism, you know how how much is that really taught at the at the, at the education level in high school in middle school? Um, but yeah, it, it it hit hard, it really did, and especially because of the fact that 
you know, you saw how it hurt everyone, everyone involved, not just the black community. Mm-hmm. Hell, there's, there's a there's a bunch of whites out there rioting and and, and protesting and all that stuff. So it, it definitely it hit, it hit deep, um, and I think it's something that you know we, we got to figure out a way to at least do our best to, to put into us, not just for us, but for our younger generation, for our, for our kids' kids, you know. Right. Yeah, and I think that's where it starts with you guys too. I mean, it's good. You guys are the leaders of the community, so I mean, the more leadership you have, the more transparency you have. I mean, that's what's going to make change. I mean, you guys look over young individuals who are the change for us, you know. Yeah, sure. And it's going to be that generation that's going to push us to something new. And the more people that we have in those situations, like you guys at the helm as head coaches, you as a training officer that it's able to see different perspectives, I think that's where the conversation's gonna get a little different. It's not gonna be, oh, here we go again, here we go again. It's now everyone sees a side that we haven't seen in a while. Cause now everything is exposed. You have social media, you have cameras, like that generation coming up has a whole different perspective than what we were growing up as. Cause everything is out there. Yeah. And I mean, kudos to you guys. I mean, we, we have leaders in place and we're gonna start seeing change you know sometimes you got to go through some horrific event in order to that creates a catalyst for change this feels like one of those moments in our country i don't condone any of the rioting Uh, i I think that that you know people's businesses and all this stuff we can get into that but i also understand the deep deep levels of frustration and i don't truly understand it to the levels that other people do you know i don't understand I've heard black people in interviews since this come out say, we get scared every day that we come, we're just driving down the street and we see a police officer and immediately we get scared or we feel uh, a trepidation of some sort. And I understand that because when there's a police officer driving behind me, you start getting a little on edge. He's like, what did I do, man? Shit, me too. (laughs) Me too, man. It's just something because they have an authority, there's an authority over you when they're wearing the badge and they have that the uniform on when they're in in an active duty situation while they're, um, while they're jurisprudence or they don't always have jurisdiction over you legally, most people don't know what's legal and what's not, so you're going to succumb to a police officer's demands most of the time. Um, so that's why we wanted to bring you guys together. We want to start bridging the gap between the police and we're talking specifically of the African immune, uh, African-American community with what's going on because there seems to be a disconnect. There seems to be a huge level of uh, rage, frustration, Feelings of suppression, feelings of inequality, running wild in this country right now. And before we went on, we talked about this. We think that most police officers are good police officers. Most people get along, and very few people are the racists that we feel. But it's the negative ones that rise. This the the negative always outweighs all the positive. You don't see the positives. Yeah. The positives don't make news. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hit the airwaves. Or the media. It doesn't make the media. The media doesn't like that. The media wants to keep this thing going. Um, none of us know from this stuff. We all look at this. We all go to high school together. We come up together. We're all friends. We you know we're all in the community. But but there is a there is a, a, a tension right now that is real between police officers between the public. Um, so what do we do? Adam, I will start with you. What do we do to start changing the narrative? And the only way we can change the narrative is through some sort of action. So what do we do? 
It's a good question, man. You know what? I don't. I really don't know the answer, to be truthfully honest with you. Now, what I know is what I what's worked for me, and what's worked for me is that you know the way you approach somebody tells the whole tale. Now, you're not going to have a positive interaction with everybody every single time, but if you go to somebody as a respectable human being and not just you know you know getting all defensive because he's a he's a, a big black guy or whatever you know if you go to somebody as a person they're gonna they're gonna you're gonna be received pretty well and I think that's that's where the interaction starts and I think that's where the miscommunication is even though I have a badge and I'm an authoritative figure I don't need to be acting like one you know unless I have to uh, bring a situation under control. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So you know, when when things get crazy, then yeah, I might have to, I might have to bring it up a little. You're bit. You're talking about like a first impression kind of thing. Yeah, correct? absolutely. Okay, and and that goes, which makes sense yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, it's um, that's that's kind of where things need to start, and where it goes from there is up to the two people or however the interaction is supposed to be. You guys have the hardest job in the world. Yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah, for sure. Because if you do something. Uh, use any remote force, you're going to be questioned, called out. Sure. You guys' lives are on the line. I watch p- the police videos, real world police, yeah. active self protection. I see all this stuff that you guys have to deal with on, uh, online. Yeah. I mean, you could be walking up to a car to give the guy a speeding ticket, and he pulls out a gun and starts shooting sure. you. Mm-hmm. You're, you got a family at home. You're just uh, doing your, yeah. you're protecting and serving your community. Yeah. So, I don't. I mean, what on the flip side? I mean, how how do you handle that? Emotionally and mentally, how do you do it? How am I handling what? Like how do you handle the 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 stress and the um, the stress of the situation and the negativity that's being brought towards the police or police officers? Well, after after a certain amount of years, I've been doing this for eight and a half years. You start being numb to how people perceive you because you're always going to be in some sort of negative light. Mm-hmm. Um, my my uh, decompressing outside of work is my family, you know, my two kids and, and my wife, and, and they bring me back to a level of comfort and, you know, just kind of resetting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point in time, it, you know, yeah, your, your adrenaline goes, you know, you have, you're in fight or flight mode and, and you have to, you know, you have to fix the situation. And, you know, you just, your training needs to kind of overtake to a certain extent, but I mean, you have to have the human factor too, and it's um, it's difficult. How have you handled situations where um, it's turned into a racial? You're not a racist person, no. But the person that's you're dealing with or that you're potentially arresting might think you are. Sure. Right. Yeah. So how do you handle those situations? Well, it's 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 definitely frustrating because you know when when I'm arresting somebody, you're not looking at the fact of why you're in the back seat of my car. You know, it's not, you know, here's the thing. If I'm citing you for something or I'm charging you with something, my name and my badge number is on there. I welcome you to go to court and, you know, test my integrity. Mm. And this is, I mean, I, I can stand by what I see and, and how I, you know, how I do things. Um, a lot of times I'll lie to them and say, you know, no, my wife's black. Usually it shuts them up. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> and, I mean, it shuts it shuts them up. And oh, oh, that's what's up. 
you know, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, I mean, awesome. but I mean, if if I have to go that route, I will. <laughs> but you said your police force is about half and half, white yeah. and black, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and you guys are all like brothers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you got your, you know. Yeah, just but like anything, yeah. like friends, like yeah. normal normal stuff. Yeah. So. You don't see this type of stuff a lot when it comes to your department. So, when we see certain things, you know, there's been a, quite a few times where I've gone to a call, and I ain't never even met the guy before. I'm like, no, I'm not talking to you. I want to talk to him, and they'll point to a black officer. All right, cool. I don't care. Like, if if this is how we're going to resolve things, like, cool. Talk talk to the black officer. That that's fine. I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. You know. Because, you know, if that's what your comfort level is, I'm all for it. And I get that. And you can't take it personal. I do, I do get that. You can't sure. take that personal. can't no. take it personal. No. And once you start taking things personal like that, you probably don't need to be doing this job. You're right. Yeah. I Girl. think, uh, I don't know, the pickup when you first said about approach, I think that's yeah. big. That's yeah, huge. for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I think, I think like, trying to bridge a gap, I mean, it's a respect factor. You pull someone over, their first thing is, fuck that cop. You know, right. like... Yeah. We, we we have to get to a place that once you if you get pulled out there's a respect like there's something there but that approach I mean that starts everything yeah you know yeah because when an officer comes up and he's pissed off I mean the driver gets hostile too you know yeah. and I mean if we can approach someone at, at a human level yeah. not put themselves over I mean that's huge man and oh that's, yeah I I've been thanked before for after I given somebody a ticket because I wasn't an asshole and I've even you know I've even been told by a, a lot of black guys you know. Hey, I really appreciate the way that you talk to me like a man. And I'm like thinking, well, that shouldn't be so hard to like. Why is that such a hard thing to do? You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I look at the fact the, that that's rare nowadays. Right. Is fucked right. Up. right. <laughs> like I'm looking at you as a man, not as a black man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's exactly. So yeah. But that, and I guess, not everybody does that though. No. Yeah. I, very few. Most people do do that. I think. I truly believe. I. I, I most agree. people don't see the color. I agree. But the few instances where it comes out and something like this, it, it puts a magnifying glass sure. on the on the underlying issues that we still have in this country. Right. How do you guys coach your these? You, you mentioned this before, Neek. You got these young guys; they're 15, 16, 17 year old kids coming up. They may think that the world's racist, right? They might, yeah, for sure. So, how do you guys handle this? What do you What are you telling them? I think the big thing is leadership. And I think at, at the end of the day, you know, I, and it's funny. I talked to one of my, my close friends the other day. We were talking about the situation. True. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And, and, and he's speaking to me about, you know, I'm, I'm on those guys about, you know, voice your opinion, you know, not in the group chat. Put it out there on social media, what you feel. Talk to your other friends. Explain it, you know. And their, their, their response is, is that, hey, you know, you're, you have a bigger voice. Well, okay, but at the end of the day, my audience isn't necessarily your, your audience. You know different people than me. Sure. So my point is, is that you relay that message to as many people as you can. Then you got other guys speaking out, and, and they're relaying that message, etc. Um, I think, you know, it, it's tough, especially with the younger guys, because the younger community they're stubborn. Mm -hmm. You know, those kids, they, they sometimes they, they hear one thing and go right out the other. You know how it is. <laughs> Jay's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dealing with that in a little while. So I think he's building a culture and building an empire. It's just something repetitive. You mm -hmm. keep you say it on a daily basis. You know, trust your teammates. Um, be there for your brothers. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, you, you know, it's our job as, as leaders to, to to let these kids know that, hey, everyone's not, not this way. You know, like, like 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 Adam just said, in terms of you being put, you pulling over African-American males and they're saying the same thing or they're, t they're telling you that, thank you, you're, 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 you're respectful. Yeah. You know, I've done that before. Yeah. I've been pulled over. I can tell you a story <laughs> on West 25th where I got pulled over on, on July 5th weekend and – Cop was a straight asshole to me, but hey, I, I was fortunate to be raised by a, a principal 
and a father who didn't take shit. You know, okay. so yeah, so, so so for real. <laughs> so in that nature, uh, on my end, you know, hey, he's an asshole. Okay, I'm not gonna bait, fall for the bait. I'm gonna take it. I actually took him to court and won. Okay, you know, so, so there you go. So on my end, like you said, and and I, you mentioned earlier about the the whole riding thing. I'm not for it either. You know, I think processing is something that that's more uh, fortunate. That's that's better to do in this situation. But at the end of the day, you see why maybe the riots come. But but reiterating, going back to our, our topic, is that I just think that leadership needs to be continuous, not from just blacks, from whites, yeah. you know, from all levels, you know, from teenagers to the older adults who've seen it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, you made such a good point there amongst all that is you grew up with a, a leader figure. Correct. You grew up with somebody that was teaching you as you came along the way. Same thing that you guys are doing for your kids now. Yeah. Same thing you're doing for your kids, I'm doing for mine, you know. You're teaching them now. You instill, instill these values in them at a young age right. so that when they run into that piece of shit eventually, mm-hmm. whether it's a police officer or just somebody in the world, because it's definitely not always police officers, right. they know how to handle the situation instead of taking the bait. Correct. Maybe doing something stupid because they lack their, emo- their emotions are not mature enough. Their ego is getting in their mm-hmm. way. Yep. That's what I always see too with police officers and, and the public. Sure. It's an ego fucking yeah, battle, sure. and the police officers have a harder job. You got to sit there and let the guy call you a pig, and you yep. know, d- d- be, you just have to put. Yep. And, and like you said, I know it's nothing personal, nope. right? Yeah, right. Because yeah. if you're if a police officer is able to remove the the ego, I believe a lot of these other problems do subside. The tension subsides. I agree. I, I agree. Go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead. You got no, go ahead. You got it. You I'm going to ask Jay. My, my point is, too, is like, it's, it's kind of like dealing with, dealing with a, a disgruntled parent. Yeah. You, know, you never take it personal. I, I feel like as a coach, man, your parent is, they're, they're going to protect their child no matter what. Yeah. Even if they feel that, that their child may not be the best player, they're going to they're gonna they're think that they're, the yes, the exactly. <laughs> and they should be on the court. Right. And as a coach, I just feel like, you know, this is what you should have to do. You know, if, if that parent's disgruntled and they think their child should be on the court, you don't take it to heart. You know, even if they come at you crazy at a, mm-hmm. in a meeting, right. which we've all had. Yeah, you know, so, so I think yeah. uh, uh, my, my thing is to you is that how, how do you feel about that situation? No, um, how do I teach the kids to understand what's going on? Because that was the initial question, yes. right? Um, I think it's more so just being completely honest and not sugarcoating and not, you know, trying to protect them from reality, you know, just literally giving them the opportunity to know what's going on and to teach them the do's and the don'ts of of life. What's an example? So so I am probably 98% African-American kids where I work at. Okay. And so the perception of cops, police, um, you know, anybody in an authoritative position, you know, like that is, it's kind of like, you know, fuck the police, you know? And... See, that's that big... Right there, right? Yeah. That's the... Yeah. Right there is the struggle of how they were raised and how they were... The yes. environment that they're in. Yes. And so, it's my duty, it's my job to give them a wider perception of what life really is. And so... Being completely honest that some things are absolutely true, you know, as to you got some people that are racist and it's not just police, it's people in general. You got some people who don't like African-Americans. You got some people who are like that, you know, 
But how do we deal with that being African-American? What's the right way to deal with it? You know, and that's the thing that I I'm, I think I'm more so teaching to them now is what's the right way to deal with it, not how you want to deal with it, but what's the right way to deal with it. And so, um, like he said, I mean, like you got disgruntled parents every year where it's like my son should be doing this, my son should be doing that. You don't know what yeah. you're doing. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And how do you, you know, how do you deal with that? You don't take it personal because mm-hmm. the institution that hired you. They believe in you and they have your back with what you believe in or else they wouldn't have hired you. So right. you can't take it personal. You just have to get try to give them also a wider perception of how life really works. So I'm trying to uh, uh, put on my legal hat here um, and, and make an analogy. And I think I see what you guys are saying. When you talk about the parents, mm-hmm. they let their emotions, when it comes to their own kids, the, the emotional attachment that my kid's the best, cloud their judgment it's a, there, there's no objectivity there they don't see that their kids are not the best they so they let the they let the emotions of their kids being the best translate to coach these guys don't have a fucking clue what they're doing these coaches suck you know my kid deserves to be playing a lot more than he does it clouds their judgment same thing in the situation we're seeing with the african american communities maybe coming up whereas they're being instilled at a young age fuck the police mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and, and immediately they're letting those emotions cloud possibly an interaction with an Adam right. or any other police officer that's out there that's there to serve and protect. And because of those the emotional things they can't get over, they're clouding their judgment. They're not being objective. They're just they're just being one know. size fits yeah. all yeah. kind of thing. I also don't want to like bring another perspective to it, like. There has been, like, when we talk about rioting and we talk about other situations that happen, like, most, some of those families have been through something to have to, t- for them to believe that, fuck the police, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And so there's been somebody that they've came across mm-hmm. that's treated them not with equal rights, that's treated them to in a situation where it was, you know, it could have been handled completely different. And so because of those experiences that they go through on a probably a daily basis or not a daily basis or whenever they come in contact with uh, police is what forms their their mindset of that, you know, we don't deal with the police. Back you to know? the pissing match that, that somebody probably in their family had right. to deal with. And so those police officers are police in that neighborhood and they already, some of them come in with the mindset that, you know, I'm going into this neighborhood and we got to treat these people like animals because if we don't treat them like animals, you know, something's going to happen and that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. Everyone's on the defense. Yeah, it's everyone's on the defensive end with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I read a, a I read a good point or article the other day about how there's not too many like police that live in the communities that they work in. So my thing is, you know, yeah. on, on on our end, you know, how how can that change in terms of so that way, maybe they can know the demographics of the community yeah. to where maybe, you know, if, if, if a police officer pulls someone over, they might understand, hey, we're in a situation here where statistics show this 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 may happen. Or yeah. we this talk, person may we, be on We talked about this last week, too. It's like, I mean, just bring up like East Cleveland or something. Like, mm-hmm. you, have a, you have a white cop coming from North Royalton working in East Cleveland. Absolutely. He's never seen any of that mm-hmm. shit, right. you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you... You get it why he's gonna pull a gun on someone that yeah. quick, you know. You like like you said, you have someone from your community knows that community, 
they're respected in that community. That's a different encounter. Yeah. Right. You know? I think that's a tremendous idea. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I, such that's a good idea to, to have police. Who, who wouldn't want to work to serve and protect the community they grew up in? Yeah. Right. That's what they sure. used to do back in the old days, though. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, but on the, on the flip side of that, though, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. There's more of a purpose when you're protecting your own community. But at the same time, I don't want nobody to know where I'm living. And, and because yeah. everyone, you know, if you have, if I have one bad interaction with a guy and it could have been that he's having a bad day or, or there's something going on with me, like that one can make him just crazy enough to come to my house and do what he's got to do to me or my family. Sure. Great, you know? great. There's always two sides to the coin. And, and that's, that's my That's fear. a great point too. I live, I live close to where I work and I shop close to where I work. Mm. There have been so many times where I've seen people that I've interacted with that I've arrested and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, it's an ass puckering feeling. I mean, that that's something that I, I mean, especially when I'm carting around my little boy, you know, or my little girl, I'm like, shit, I, I don't want to do this now. I don't want to do this here, right. you know. And so that's, but that's what they did back in the old days. It's a yeah. tough. It's yeah. tough, man. Sure, sure. It's a tough thing. I, I, I want to get into this. Back to you were gonna say something about the ego thing because yeah. you guys have it cl clearly harder. You are in a, you're serving and protecting. Yeah. It comes with the territory. It's almost like police officers need extra levels of emotional intelligence training, sure. social awareness training, sure. so that you can know how to handle somebody that's calling you names, telling you they hate you, telling you that they fucked your wife, whatever they're saying to right. you. Like, like you guys have to turn it off and somehow just let it just roll off your back like a turtle, like yeah. off the roll it off the back. Yeah. So what you started saying you agree about the ego thing and, and yeah. that causes so, a lot I of problems. So I mean, problems. first of all, I've been called out. You know, I, everyone and their mom fucked my wife at some point. You're black wife. Yeah. But there's there's been so many times. Um, here's the thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but uh, a black male. He's kind of considered an alpha male, correct? To a certain extent. Sure. You guys are survivors. I mean, you know, the ones that have been down the inner city, like, you've had to really work through some shit to survive out there. Okay. So I, I look at you guys already as a alpha male, you know. And then police officers, it's an alpha male job. When you have two alpha males colliding, now you have a, you have a big shit storm. And, and so that's why somebody... And, and in this instance, there should be a police officer. He needs to uh, dumb his shit down, his pride, his, his ego, and, and really try and, you know, relate to whatever the situation is going. The thing is, if this police officer, if a white police officer was in this encounter, like, you, you, everyone would be getting, if this was just hanging out at the bar, yeah. these two guys would be getting along. Yeah. But when you, all of a sudden, you put the uniform on, Oh, yeah. It becomes different. Yeah, yeah. Now you're a bad guy, you know. Yeah. Now you're now you're looked at automatically as a bad guy. Whereas yeah. if the guy was just hanging out like we are down here, yeah. everyone's friends. Yeah. It's yeah. weird and how that works. Like every job too, you give someone a title. It's like I mean, you get some managers in business. Like yeah. they put a title up for manager, and it's like I'm the big dog. It's right. Like, right. But right. but those guys that have the title don't know how to lead. You know. No, exactly. And it's yeah. like that's what has to be vetted out. See, see for. People need to realize that, you know, and even officers need to realize that we are we're public servants. We mm -hmm. are peace officers. We are below our. I mean, we need to serve our community. Whether whether you know someone's bitching about bringing the trash out too early, or you know something that's really really going on, you yes. know. So we have to we have to remember that we're we're not here to 
feed our egos we're not because we have a nice little badge and stuff mm-hmm. we need to really help these people out with whatever situation that they got going on yes and i think that i think that a lot of officers uh there's a possibility that they can be kind of going away from that i i think officers if there was a way that all officers and everyone's going to be different it's never going to be equal but if officers had a certain level of emotional intelligence training where it's just part of their practice to like become numb to the a lot of the the pissing match stuff wouldn't get out of control yeah because the the gentleman that they're arresting whether they're black or white or any color in between maybe was is oh okay this officer's not being combative but when the officer starts being combative and you've already got a person who feels like they're not in a a powerful position Mm -hmm. they're dealing with an authoritative figure an officer they're already on edge Mm -hmm. they're already excited they might even have uh, uh, the fuck the police mentality that they've been instilled their whole life. So everything about them is they're having a, an attack, like an out of body attack, yeah. and they're going crazy. And if an officer knows how to just settle it down, I think you would see a lot of these situations. Not all, but a lot of situations wouldn't spiral out of control. I agree. Absolutely. And I wanted to bounce something off real quick, and I'm still thinking about it. When you were saying, you know, you have to lead your guys, you know, I think ultimately, too is that the stuff starts at home. Yeah. And yes. I'm going to tell you guys, this is a true story. I had uh, just a, it was just a minor uh, vehicle crash, two cars. And it was a, a black family, and it was like an older couple. And the, there was a three-year-old black child sitting there, and he's, I mean, you could tell he's really, really nervous. I'm like, I'm like, you all right, buddy? And, and what, I mean, it was, it was eerie. He looked at me, he said, I just don't want you to kill my dad. Oh. And I'm like, how does a three-year-old, how, I mean, that, I mean, that, that sunk me. How does a three-year-old, oh. how do you tell your three-year-old? You know, I, I, it's, I don't know that, that side of whatever they went through. Mm-hmm. But that was a really eye-opening experience for me. It's like, holy shit, like, this, I mean, and this is where it starts At now. such a ripe age to already yeah. know that, to yeah. already feel that. And, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's instilled, and I don't want to say it's instilled, but it's it's talked about, you know, when you're young and you're listening to mom and dad talk and you're listening to what's going on and, yeah. you know, those things are, in kids are the smartest things you would ever oh imagine. Gosh. Especially like, early. Especially early. Yes. Pick up yes. everything. And so, I mean, yes. when you when you go through those things, and like you said, the situation that you went through is is how people is how people are living in their households. Yeah. They're thinking that whenever I get stopped, yeah. whenever I get pulled over, I've got the possibility of someone killing me. Right. And that's the reform that needs to take place. And I think that conversation—the yes. thing that's confusing too—is the conversation's hard. Like, how do you break that down to a three-year-old? Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like they don't know. I mean, they look at skin as just skin. You know, yeah, it's right. not black and white for them. Yeah. And then you you have to turn it as, hey, like, I mean, if you get pulled over, you something could happen. You know, like yeah. that—that's. I wouldn't want to have that conversation. That's that's yeah. tough. What are the conversations? I mean, not, you don't need to I don't go think into you details. Have a conversation with three-year-old. In my opinion. What's that? In my opinion, I don't think you should have that conversation with a three-year-old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It could wait a little bit. I mean, I understand, yeah. obviously, the stuff that's going on and how serious of the matter this thing, these things are, but, yeah. I mean, come on, a three-year-old kid. Right. You know? Well, what you're going to do is you're going to have somebody that, no matter what happens in their lives, they're going to always be hate- hateful toward this group of people. Yeah. And you guys, as coaches and leaders in your community, are not going to be able to even change this kid because he's going to be so 
instilled that since he was three years old, he's been hearing these things. Yep. So when he's 16 years old, he doesn't give a shit what, what yeah. Coach Neek has to say or Coach Jay over here has to say. Yep. He already knows in his mind what, what he thinks is the, yep. the, the yep. end all. Yep. He, he get that. I mean... I'm yeah. sure, especially here. You yeah. say you, my, you got 98 percent those those students. My area, you get that, but at the same time, that's you know, that's where your job comes into place. Mm-hmm. Like basketball is the like coaching is the easiest part of everything, yeah. you know. But that's where you're. That's where you really you know show your worth is is because yeah, you may be taught that at home, but like majority of you're with your kids more than they're with their families yes and so it's your job it's your parental duty if you will when you when you're with them to teach them something else than what they already know especially as a yes. coach you guys know yes. you guys as fathers know i mean yeah. i mean i don't know how old your kids are but think think about how many times you hear as, as a parent come up to you say hey can you help my kid out because he's not listening? He's not listening to me. He's not listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you could be hell. You could be in the NFL playing ten years yeah. and trying to train your kid to play football. He won't listen to you. Yeah. Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Always go to coach because they know they have that respect. Factor. Exactly. Yeah. They always yeah. go to coach. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. Honestly, I don't think a lot of coaches take that serious. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in terms of teaching life skills, you know, I think yeah. a lot. You hear a lot of coaches talk about just the program, just the program. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, at least. For Enerdoni, I teach my my kids. I try to ask my kids who wants to play in college. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to try and get them to play in college. Yeah. You know, just because that next level of education, you know, then they can make their next decision on when they feel or what they feel is best for for their needs. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think Nick would agree. Like the coaching part, like that's what we do. Like we we the X's and O's, X's yeah. and O's, and practice right. stuff. Like we can do that all day and night. We sure. can have you know hours and talk about that. But like when it comes to a kid and in my position anyway um, that I can speak to that that is texting you or calling you at midnight one o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. can you come get me because of x y and z can you talk can you talk to me because of x y and z those are when you really show like is this what you really want to do is this what you know and he he can tell you coaching doesn't pay anything right you know like doesn't pay anything (laughs) but like the transformation of when you get let's say a freshman to when he leaves you is what it's all about, yeah. you know, and yeah. and as many things of, that you've instilled in that kid is helping the community become better. That's your impact. Yeah, yeah. that's your impact. That's much yeah. more than than get turning him into yeah. a better shooter yeah, or yeah. a better Absolutely. rebounder. Better <laughs> yeah. I guarantee Absolutely. you, like that feeling is that that fulfills you more than winning a championship. Winning a championship, you know? Absolutely. Well, to see a kid graduate. I mean, I've coached baseball. Like mm-hmm. I've seen. Uh, these kids gravitate to coaches, Absolutely. young coaches yep. like that, and they look up to you. Yep. I mean, I had kids reach out; like they would text you just about some dumb shit. Yeah, yep. and like, and you're having those conversations as coaches. Yep. Like, it's bigger. It's bigger than basketball. Yep. Some of them yeah. think that some, you're their parent. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> and you want you want them to walk out of that that experience being a better person than they were day one. Yep. Than they were when they graduated. Hey, you know? you know what I noticed? We'll remind we'll remind Jay when he's coaching the Cavs one day that coaching doesn't make a lot of money. We'll, we'll remind yeah. him that he said coaching doesn't make a whole lot of money. <laughs> I'll still be able to come back and sit right here and be able exactly. to say exactly. Be, being in Erdoni, I mean, Erdoni's predominantly white. Yeah. yeah. So you know, even just you know being on social media because all my kids follow me. You know, half the school follows me. Mm-hmm. You know, so just being like I said, just putting things out. You know, all my co- content, whether it's, you know, just to reach those kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
some of the uh, my white student athletes that I have. You know, it's good to see those guys. You know, leading. what are they saying during all this? What are you know, they talking about? And that's the thing. You got you got to pick your poison to how you how you approach it and bring up the topic. Sure. Um, it's insensitive too, because they're correct. young. Correct. Yeah. And like I said, you never know what what what, what they're hearing, hearing from from maybe their household or what, what maybe their parents have been through. Like mm. you said, racism comes through all different levels. You know, sure. all different um, backgrounds. So it, it's definitely a sensitive topic. Um, but but again, I think that that's where you come out with your leadership. You talk about you know one family. You talk about being there for your brothers no matter what. You know, and and. and and once that's demonstrated, and once they understand that the, that the coaches are there for you, yeah. and they know that it's not just about basketball, and and you know they buy into it. And well, know? they they listen. They're there to correct. soak it in, right? They're there correct. to be the sponges, correct? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I, I and I'm completely different because I may have two white kids on my team, you know. But again, like a question that, and I've got you know friends. I don't say I got white friends. I got black friends. I got friends, but some. For the purpose of what we're doing, uh, you know, yeah, my my white friends, you know, reach out to me and they're, hey man, what can I do yep. to, you know, help? What can I do to shed light on the situation? And at first, I was like, man, I don't know how to answer that, you know. <laughs> but then it's like, man, it's doing exactly what we're doing right now, having an open-minded conversation with all backgrounds you know and i tell them all the time like you know hey man the worst thing you can do is just say nothing yes correct. that's the worst thing you can do right yeah you know the the in my mind the best thing that you can do is is when you come across someone who has a closed mind and who you think and you may know that is racist talk to them about the other side of it educate them educate them, educate them. make them yep. you know make them knowledgeable of what African Americans or minorities have been through and ha and is going through, so that they can try to have a, a open mind to what's going. Because the thing is, they've never had that conversation. Absolutely, yeah, right. and yeah. that's what it's like. Once you talk to them, they start opening their eyes. You're like, oh, okay. Okay. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. See that. <laughs> but it's like they've never took the time to sit down and like actually hear it. Mm -hmm. We've been around it. You mm -hmm. went to Brush. We all went to Chanel. You went to Twinsburg. Mm -hmm. It was white and black. Like mm -hmm. we've been around that, so we're used to that. Right. There's people that there's people that, that live yeah. in a bubble, either all black or all white. Right. Yeah. They don't know that yeah. this. They don't know this. And and, and it, you hear the term a lot too. You got to coach every kid the same. That's completely false. Oh, that's, that's, that's so false. That's that's false. The worst piece of advice. <laughs> the worst yeah. thing Everyone's ever. Everyone's the same. That yes, be man. Easy. Yeah. Like it, there's times when I used to coach football. You know, I, you got kids, you got black kids getting taken out of the game, throwing tissue tantrums, taking their helmets off, slinging on the on the field. Sure. And you bring that kid to the side. You tell him, hey, stop doing that. Because listen. They want you. They want you to do that. You, you, you're being looked at differently when you uh, do that. Interesting. You know. Yeah. So and then and then sometimes you know you kind of you kind of temptate with your leadership. For example, you might go to a, a, a white player who's a leader, who's a captain on the team. Hey, go talk to your boy. Go get him right. Because at the end of the day, sometimes it's better to hear from your peer. You know, from a coach. coach. Well, yeah. and sometimes you need tough. Some players do better with tough love, where yeah. another guy shuts down with tough love, yep. right? Yep. You guys, you guys know which players you can push yep. and which yep. ones you gotta be a little soft with. That's just the way it goes. It's the same thing in the community. Not one size fits all. Yeah. That's what makes it hard for you guys because you don't know who you're interacting with. Yeah, you yeah. go out there and. You can't act the exact same way every sure. single time. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah, we we, sure. we understand that. Um, what 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 uh what do you guys what do we do from here? Right. Um, it's we know that unfortunately we've seen this reoccur 
We've seen these instances spike up every few years. There's another instance. There's a, another killing. There's this police brutality. It goes back to the 90s. You can go back for in time. You go back to Rodney King in the mm -hmm. early 90s, and Billy was saying before we even went on today, this all this same exact stuff was happening 30 years ago. Yeah, this exact same shit, and we're doing it again 30 years later. I think we've made progress. I clearly do. Listen, we had a black president in the United States. Mm -hmm. This country has come a long no way. way in a pretty short period of time. Yeah. We're not there yet. And how? So the question is, and I leave it open to if you want to start, Adam, or anyone else. How do we do create change now, so that we don't have another George Floyd or another Rodney King, etc.? Uh, me personally, like I, I think that what the five of us are doing right now is is a starter. I mean, it can it can start a you know it can start a flame or it can burn out, mm -hmm. but. It's just kind of going back track to what we're saying. You know, the way you approach somebody, uh, the way that your your pride just needs to you just need to suppress it for a minute sometimes. You know, and as men, you know, it's very hard to do that, and I get that. Mm -hmm. But if you want a really good result, you know, that's that's what we have to do. And and I think that you know I've been you know seeing a lot of articles and 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 stuff like that over Facebook and stuff and. I think that just having a conversation and not talking over one another is the biggest thing that we can do. All right, you know, well, you guys, you know, killed an unarmed black man. Well, you know, you're rioting. You know, that's, that's, let's just stop that. You know, let's not even, like, I, I get that the past is what's making us, you know, what it is today. But if we can just for a second just clear the air here, try and start new, and try to be on a respectable level. I mean, it's easier said than done, obviously. Yeah, but, and I don't even know if what I'm saying is is making no. any sense. But I mean, it it's you it makes a ton. I think you nail on the head with that. Yeah, you know, I think, I think it makes sense. because, like I said, like think about me. I, I'm, I work for, you know, all my authority authority ahead of me are predominantly white. You know, and I think that I love going to work every day. I love going to teach every day. I love yeah. going to coach every day. Yeah. And I think it's because. You know those those top dogs up top. Yep. They they allow me to do my job, mm -hmm. and they are backing me 110. Yeah. percent And they're leaders. Yeah. You know they're 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 leading me to 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 do my job, yeah. and then I'm able to uh, translate that down to our athletes yeah. and our students. Yeah. The same way. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, I, every time this whole thing is, if there's one word that I'm taking from this thing, it's leadership. Yeah. Because yeah. when you sure. think about it, it's that's really what this all comes mm -hmm. down to. We make a change through leadership. Mm -hmm. The young kids aren't going to talk about it. The high school kids, are, the, the white kids are not going to talk with their black head coach, or the black kids are going to talk with their white head coach. Right? The kids are uncomfortable talking about Jay, it. Jay, how are you? How, how, let me ask you something. Do you, do you, are your kids vocal? Yeah, so, you know, my kids, I'll say this. Like, they're not the type kids to just come out and, you know, want to just be vocal about situations but when the situation is brought up they've got great conversation about it you know and so i think the way we go about change is is not being afraid whether you're black or white to have the conversation bring it so up that's why i ask the same know? thing because my kids yeah. are the same yes way. that's yeah. huge right there yeah. don't be afraid to to talk about it because so many times you think about when we go through a a history class how many times is 
uh, racism talked about? How many times is, you know, uh, police brutality or brutality on black Americans talked about? It might be talked about, but how does it go into detail? No, no, no. This don't go into detail. It's more like, so like, this like, happened yeah. and now and let's move on to the next. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That I mean, is that's huge the change. What you're saying. That is yeah. huge yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're it's getting a short at. chapter in the Correct. book. Yeah. Not but, really but, but the people, the, don't be afraid that you're going to offend the other side by bringing it up to talk right, about yeah. it. Yep. That's how change happens. Yes. That's how change happens. That is so huge right yeah. there. You have to if have this conversation. we can get that going, like we're doing right now, yeah. we don't know where we all come from. We all come from different upbringings, different backgrounds, different, who knows, we're all different. We're having the real conversation right now. If people were doing more of this, think about how many people would be happier and lives would change the next day yeah. lives, would change. lives would change and you'd be able to see the other person's perspective yeah. yes yeah. absolutely and the, the the thing about it is is that and I tell people this and I get in an argument sometimes with, with different people but the black community also has to understand that some people are racist and some people don't understand your background so you can't jump to wanting okay. to kill them but it comes with the conversation of expressing yourself in an intelligent way to be able to show them what you've been through and what your maybe not what you've been through and maybe not what your family been through but what your race has been through mm. you know we've been doing this for we've been protesting for 400 years right, right. we've been rioting for 400 years we've been looting for that amount of time you know like and you know we talk about we don't like looting we don't like rioting and we don't like we don't like we don't like uh, agree with that, mm -hmm. and uh, at least you know Nick and myself, we don't. Right. But at the same time, understand. we understand yeah. because yes. so many things have happened where nothing has happened, no change has happened. So I understand why when there's they, people when they downstairs. feel like their backs up against the wall. Yeah. They have nothing else. The only left. thing you're gonna listen to is is oh man, these people are down here yeah. busting windows out, stealing stuff. These people are down here. They want to be hurt. Yeah. And so when you're not hearing people and you're not listening and you don't want to make changes, what else can they do? Mm -hmm. you know, that bubble's eventually going to burst. Yeah, the bubble's eventually going to burst. I was at, man, my last year coach, I was at Burnfield, Ohio. Kent, which is, which is right past Kent. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, and I tell you what, man, I, I, had, I had one African-American African like. on my team. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I walked the halls getting the, getting the, uh, the building like, damn, I'm, I'm the only one in here. But and, and I tell you what, we, we played an opponent. I'm not gonna name the opponent. We played an opponent where there was fan, there was fans heckling myself and my assistant, who, who's a white male, who, who coached me and was one of my mentors. And just the whole game, just just throwing out comments both ways, R racial, slurs. racial slurs, yeah, yeah. Just, racial just slurs, not not nonsense. And it's a very close game. And there, I'm gonna tell you what, there's a, two minutes left in the game. It's a close game. I'm, I'm over here. <laughs> Look at I the can't game wait to see you. You're like, should I pull a runner <laughs> test and get into going to the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he just kind of like nugging my, my, and I'm not going to go up there, but I'm just, I, I kind of want to say something back. Of course, you know, man. I'm thinking How about, think about my values, think about my my, my seven, my 12 guys, five mm -hmm. on the court, seven mm -hmm. on the bench. What does it look like if I if I go up or say something or do something stupid? Message. Exactly. Yeah. About, about being a leader, about but not worrying about the, what the naysayers say. You know, we, we talk a lot about, about you know, our huddle, our locker room. You know, those guys aren't coming to practice every day. They're going home after school to do yeah. homework and sleep or play video games. We know we talk about our kids are uncommon. They're going to school, going coming to practice, they're going to games, come up, getting home at 8, 9 o'clock. Yeah. And doing so, it all again. And doing it all again. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it, it, it happens, but, you know, you got to – you gotta understand, you know, it's, it's a bigger message to send. Well, you so, gotta lead by example. Correct. 
sometimes that silence is bigger than just a vocal message yep. too. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And the thing about it, the guy was you got people around him looking at him like he was crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's so, the one that looks like a, a yeah. complete Well, fool. has he seen? You're freaking huge. <laughs> <laughs> It was easy to say that you when you were with, with the team. Right? I bet you he wouldn't have said that if you guys were the only two left hey, in the gym. I wish. I think that uh, what's coming of this is not only am I feeling great that we're able to do this um, and share this message with whoever wants to listen to it, and because we want anyone that's listening to this message to start sharing this message yeah. with their friends and their family and their people and spread it. So we can continue. You don't know what kind of ripple effect you could have. It's one person at a time, one domino at a time. Um, but like, everything. Go ahead. Like Jordan said too. I mean, the biggest thing is just the conversation starter. Yes. You know, and the fact that we're able to get together. You got three white guys, two black dudes, like, and have a conversation. We didn't know where the fuck this was going. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there was no agenda. We yeah. sat down. Absolutely. We said this could go for three hours, an hour. Like, yeah. who knows? Yeah. But the fact that the conversation has started. That's a change. Yeah. And know? we're we're not lawmakers. We're not mm-hmm. we're not in oh, that realm. People. You yeah. know, like uh, that's above my pay grade. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, like that we're not. But at the same time, you know, our platforms that we have with the people that are going to listen to this or listen to a partial piece of it or or the, or the whole thing of it, they're going to hear. You know, okay, I need to have an open mind. Yeah, I need to not be afraid to talk about this. I need to be able to say to my family and to my friends that, you know, we need to talk, you know, and, and figure out those things, figure out those things, have those tough conversations with people who, you know, you know, are on a different spectrum than you are. Right. Mm -hmm. It it could be a parent. Yeah. It It could be like, Hey ma, dad, you know, I don't think police are all that bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whether if you touch one person or thousands, like, Yes. One person, that's all you need. Yeah. Because and that one person has a different perspective and then pushes it to another one. Right. It's a ripple effect. Like, like you said, like it could literally be like <laughs> one of our kids going home and saying, Hey, you know, like, I think we do need police. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, like right. it could be a crazy world if we don't It'd have be police. Pretty nasty if we didn't. <laughs> right. You so know, it like, happened downtown. Yeah. And one that could, as many times think about how many times when kids say stuff to you, like, man, I didn't think about that. Like that changes my pers- yeah. my perspective sure. now. There was a video about the only thing I saw was African American um, male and he was they were protesting and I don't know where it was, but it was there was an older Mel was getting kind of hot headed, you mm-hmm. know, saying, I'm ready to do this, I'm ready to do that. And they had an 18 year old who was there protesting I as saw well. That one, yeah. And, yeah. and the thing is, what I loved about it is how, how mellow and monotone the guy, the, the guy was who was leading. Yep. You yeah. know, the older guy was getting hot, hostile, oh, yeah. but yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't baiting, getting baited into that. Yeah. You know, he kept his demeanor down, he kept his calmness about the situation. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it kind of mellowed that guy out. Right? And that's exactly, Neek, what I'm talking about with a police officer, too, in yep. that situation. Yep. Because that kid wasn't going to get all excited. And he's, it's like you did, you weren't going to let the heckler in the stands, no matter how nasty he was being, ultimately get you mm. to, to act out of character. It's the same thing we talked about before. If a police officer can, when police officers do the same thing, while it's not always going to be successful, yeah. it will lead to. The older gentleman, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. calming down a little yeah. bit, and that's understand your audience too. Going Absolutely. back to that, yeah. so and it's like, I mean, I've coached too, and it's like, you, I mean, for me, it was baseball, so I had nine different personalities I had to try to manage on the field, mm-hmm. and the, everyone's different, yeah. but it's your approach, yep. and mm-hmm. if you're able to buy into that and have a common message, and everyone's 
not the same, yeah. you know, and that's what we need to work towards. Absolutely. We I talked about, oh, I'm sorry, ahead, we, okay. we talked about, you know, how whites can reform and how blacks can reform and have open minds, but we also have to talk about police as well, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we say there's a lot of police who, you know, are good police officers oh. and, and about, you know, serving their communities on an everyday basis no matter what the 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 color is you know they want to do what's right by their community but there also is still that's the conversation that needs to be had there's still people that when they get the opportunity to do something that they're not supposed to do they're going to do it because that's what's in them mm-hmm. and so that's the reform from the police aspect that we need to see change in that you know african americans want to see the change in that is that so that we can go back to trusting and believing in and understanding that they're here to help, not to harm, Correct. you know? And that's the conversation that I personally feel like police need to have and they need to figure out, departments need to figure out how can we get back to the communities so that they can understand that we're here to help yeah, and man. we're not here to harm, yes. you know? Yep. That is huge. I agree with you. And going back to our youth, I think to me, when, when like as a youth leader, like a, whether it be a middle school kid, a high school kid, you try to have a conversation with someone your age and they don't agree what's going to happen right away. Yeah. It's going to be an argument. Mm-hmm. They're going to get hostile. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as leaders, we got to teach our youth, hey, it's okay if someone disagrees. Have a, mm-hmm. have a normal conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just because someone is blabbing at the mouth or, or, or hot-headed at the moment, you know, tell them to relax and tell them you're just trying to have a conversation. Yeah. Don't bait and go right back and forth because you're not going to oh, get yeah. anything yeah. accomplished yeah. in that situation. <laughs> right. So I think with our, with our youth, that's a big thing we got to address because, right. For sure. you know, they, have, they, they, they bring that conversation up, then they start arguing. Especially in this time, our youth now is so much different from when we were younger. Oh, yeah. Way, yeah. Way you know, everyone, everyone knows everything now. Mm-hmm. And you, ha- I mean, even when I'm, you know, training, I'm training now guys who are, you know, 21, 22, 23, and you can't, like, you you can't yell at them sometimes. You, I mean, you really have to watch how you, like, nobody wants to get their ass ringed. They just, they want, like, this pitter-patter stuff sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what you got to give them. You know, that's, if that's how they're going to, uh, uh, you know, respond. relate and respond. That's how, that's how humans work. I mean, people right. love comfort. Sure. You know, no, and this, this conversation is uncomfortable. Yeah. And people oh, yeah. don't want to have yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So, how would and this, this is not easy for you to come on and do this. Right. For no. you guys either to no. do this. This is all. all three of you, man. Yeah. We really appreciate this. How this would the, 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 how would police, this question for you, Adam, how would, you know, police or departments, I should say, go about that change go about the first steps and i know you you know you don't you may not have the concrete answer for that but yeah. how can they go about you know what's some ideas that you think that communities and departments can go about with trying to bring awareness that we're here to help and not harm yeah man i mean it's just see with with my city it's a smaller city so mm-hmm. you know we do a lot of like the shop with the cop stuff we mm-hmm. do a lot of um you know we we Basketball cores. I I play basketball with kids about a bunch of times. You know, I'm not very good. I'm not like you guys, or whatever. But um, just just being out there and just showing your human side yeah. is is everything. Now, huge. with with the bigger cities, and this is where you're kind of seeing most of the shit happen. They don't have that. You know, they don't. They don't. We are. We have to be accountable because we're a smaller department. Everything. Everybody knows your business. Mm-hmm. So when you're in a bigger city. You're just going from call to call to call, no problem, absolutely, absolutely. and and you don't have time to interact with, and and that's that's kind of where shit's kind of going south, you know. Like you're just seeing, well, this officer just came and took my dad away because you know he beat my mom or you know whatever. 
but there's no like there's no interaction with with anybody. So they don't they don't see human in bigger cities. You know? It's not illegal to have interaction. It's just I oh, mean no. it's still not a rule. I don't no. want to say illegal, but no. they just don't do it. They just don't do it. And, and and you know what? Even even for smaller departments and stuff too, like some guys just won't take initiative, get out of the damn car, and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. go, like you don't. For me, I work twelve hour shifts. You can't stop for thirty minutes, go to a gas station and talk to somebody. No. You know, it, it, you know, it's so easy. You respond to calls when you need to, but you have to. If you put yourself out there, you're going to get a lot back. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of the, you know, especially in, uh, I'm very proud of this, is that the African-American kids in, um, we have lower income uh, housing, like a section. And um, they know me. They know me as Officer Adam. I've taken them to shop with a cop. I've played basketball with them. I've, I've literally stopped and talked to them. And I, and I see the way that their parents look at that. And I see how, you know, how kids can say, well, you know, this, this is pretty cool. You know, and, and that that's that's huge. Officers need to take responsibility of that. We need to, you know, get out, interact, you know, and, and or, or that's the consequence. I, I, I love when I see police officers playing basketball with the kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These videos online. Yeah. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Getting out into the community. Man. And, you know, you might go up to an African-American person and say, good morning, how are you? And they might call you the worst thing in the world because... And that's and then too. you And then you know where they're coming from, uh-huh. right? And yep. you know that that's somebody that needs mm-hmm. continued yeah. work yeah. and leadership. But all you do, as you say, you don't take it yeah, personally. Because you, 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 could, you could have such an impact. When I see police officers that are go above and beyond like above and beyond and don't let their ego get in the way it is so empowering oh, to yeah. see because yeah. you guys you guys can be so uh make such a, a positive impact oh, yeah. on people yeah it just depends on the person are, do, yes. are you willing to make a positive impact yeah if not maybe you need to get the hell out right. it might not be the right profession right. for you yeah it's, it's a, a lifestyle this is a whole life absolutely yeah it's absolutely. a job we yeah. sign up for that's just as coaches yep. yes yeah. and that's likewise yeah. too though for community yeah. you know when 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 Departments host workshops or host things in the community. Go out and attend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spend thirty minutes go out, to go out and attend. You don't got to be there all day, but hey, yeah. meet 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 an officer. Right? Yeah, you know, right. absolutely. I, mean, man. I think that's the job we sign up for as coaches. Like we sign up for people coming at us crazy, and exactly. we have to deal with it. it. Like the job you sign up for, the profession you sign up for, is that you're going to have hostile people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. How are you going to yes. deal with it yep. in the position and the platform that you have to make sure that they can not just them but other people can continue to trust you you know for us with your kids Mm -hmm. but for the police department you know like with the community Mm -hmm. you're gonna have people that uh are gonna talk shit about you or it's gonna you know say crazy stuff gonna come at you crazy but when you put the badge on and just like when we put our hats on the coach how we have to be the bigger person always and I think that's kind of the the disconnect for some people yeah Yeah, and I think I think if like as a cop or a coach, like if they get the end goal of like the goal is not to win a championship. The goal is not to make an arrest. If you mm-hmm. get the goal, right. the end goal is to bring people together, make yep. an impact. If yep. that's the goal and vision, yep. the conversation, everything changes, yep. you know, yep. that's long term. I agree. Yeah. Well, we have, we have such a, a tremendous opportunity to be a little part of this change right now yeah, right. In, in, in this crazy yeah. course of time that we're living in. Um, listen, guys, I think this was absolutely tremendous. Uh, I think that this will impact a lot of people. And I love the fact that you guys 
came on to be open and honest and we were able to have this conversation and maybe other people will start having the conversation too yeah. and then others and others and next thing you know everyone's having the conversation and it's not going to be perfect of course nothing is but uh I think we can continue to make some tremendous progress in this country. Sometimes you got to have like that horrible moment, yeah. yep. but take a few steps back to then catapult forward, and yep. hopefully this is that moment. You guys want to close with anything? Anything you guys want to say that we haven't had on? No, I just appreciate uh, being able to have the conversation and being able to you know come on and speak and be able yep. to be a part of the podcast. I know you guys are uh, you know starting out and you guys are doing a phenomenal job with. Uh, what you're doing and bringing awareness to situations and i'm just glad to be able to be a part of it you know with neek and with adam and with you guys and you know just got to be able to continue to have these conversations but i really appreciate the fact that you guys are open and open-minded enough to be able to have us on uh, to speak about thank you yeah, Likewise. And, appreciate that. i guess my challenge is to everyone out there you know be a leader in your community you know every voice matters every every voice can be heard um, whether you have a, a high platform or a small platform, you know, you mentioned if you reach one person, hey, that's one person you reached out to that hurt that has heard this and, and has heard your leadership. Guess what? If Derek Chauvin would have been reached out to you early enough, we might not be sitting yep. here. So yep. one person does make a difference. And I, and I, yep, and I tell you all, what five guys in here? Hey, we got lives, we got we got jobs to do, but hey, we took the time to to do this, you yeah. know, to reach out, and I think that you know anybody can do this, not yep. just us, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, I appreciate all you guys, Dominic and, and uh, Jordan as well. You know, it's not easy right now, public enemy number one, you know. So it's it's really uh, refreshing that, you know, you guys are willing to do this with me. Um, Billy and, and Nate, I appreciate, you know, the time as well. And I just want everybody to know, like, I'm sure everybody's heard this within the last couple of weeks, that this is not every, every police officer. But, you know, if you feel that, things are not going that way, you know, go, go the right way, you know, complain if you have to, this is, you know, you expect almost perfection, you're not going to get perfection, but you, if you expect perfection from your, your police officers, that's what we're there for, we're there for you guys, so I'm just, um, you know, make us accountable, and, and the good officers need to make other good officers accountable as well, so. Sure. Sure. Hey, we'll finish off with the only word that matters, it goes back to leadership all the way around, so. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you, for sure. This was great. We'll talk again. Thanks. All right.